Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Today we're continuing our series on Stranger Stories, the bizarre and the odd stories of the Bible. Um, I've really enjoyed this series because growing up in, in Sunday school and even in church, uh, I, I never really heard anybody call out some of the stories as odd. That it was many of the stories that we read through the Bible, it's just, it, it's just common. It's everyday, like... No big deal. And, and, I, and, and as I was a young Christian and, and reading the Bible, there were stories that just stood out to me and went, that's weird. Why is nobody saying that's weird? It's, it's odd. It's bizarre. And so as a part of this series, we're calling it out. We're calling it for what it is. It's weird. It's odd. We've, we've taken a look at a talking donkey, all right? A talking any animal is weird. Not just a talking donkey, but a talking, uh, a talking animal, but a talking donkey. We looked at that last week. Uh, we looked at a very interesting story of a fat king who was killed by a left-handed man. I won't go into the gory details because they are very gory. But if you missed any of the messages, you can go online to our website and uh, listen to any of the previous messages. Um, I, I say this again, that just because there are odd and bizarre stories in the Bible does not mean that the Bible is inaccurate. I believe that the Bible is true cover to cover. I believe that the Holy Spirit inspired the authors to, to write the words that we have on the page today. I believe man has incorrectly uh, read and there's mis, misteachings because we are not reading it properly. But just because there is improper teaching does not mean that the Bible is inaccurate. And so some of the stories that we read are bizarre because... Of the, the cultural settings, that there are times that, that, that we look through the Bible and we don't fully understand it because it's in a different culture. So we need to open up our, our eyes and see things from a different perspective. And that's where proper study of God's word comes into play. So just because we're calling these stories odd or bizarre does not mean the Bible's not true. That's not the case. I believe cover to cover and I believe it's God's word to us to reveal who he is and re reveal his character and nature to us. But... Some of the stories are just downright odd. Today we're going to look at a miracle in the Bible that is, uh, that, that just, it seems to not really fit. That it does seem odd why it's there. So if you want to turn uh, in your Bibles to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6. Now again, this is, this is looking at the, the, the story of Elisha. Now Elisha is a, a very interesting man, a prophet of God. Uh, as the Bible refers to him. And Elisha does some amazing things, amazing miracles. If you really want to inspire your faith, go back and look at the miracles of Elijah and Elisha, a truly amazing men of God. And, uh, and, and, and Elisha has performed many miracles, that he has done some amazing things. And then we come across this particular miracle. So if you have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen for you as well. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small. 
Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place for us to live. So where they were meeting, Elisha is training up young prophets, young men of God. And and basically they outgrew their their building space. That's a good problem to have, right? God's moving, God's growing. We got to grow and expand. And and one day we're going to grow and expand, amen? And so they're they're saying, it's too small. We've got to grow. So let's go down and let's, let's begin to build. And Elisha said, Go. (laughs) All right, simple enough. Verse 3. Then one of them said, won't you please come with us, your servants? I will, Elisha replied. A man of few words. And he went with them. Then they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. So God uses a prophet, a man of God, who has done amazing miracles to help a guy who lost his axe head. That's the miracle. And you may have read past this story and went, okay, What's the significance? And that's why, to me, it's a little bit odd. Why does this, I mean, we've seen Elijah perform amazing miracles. A a dead boy has been raised to life and and, and just countless other things. But now we've got a man who lost his axe head, is now floating. That's it. That's the miracle. When all of the other miracles are combined with that, you kind of balance them out and go, "Eh." it's a miracle nonetheless, but... Raising a someone from the dead, axe head floating. On the scale, it may not equal out. But I believe there is value to the story. I do believe there is something that we can all gain from it. You see, we may not, this may not seem like a big deal, but it truly was a big deal because this man had borrowed this axe. He had borrowed it. Have you ever lost something? Just show of hands, how many of you have lost something or what, misplaced? It's not lost, it's just misplaced. How many of you have ever misplaced something that was borrowed? Okay, be honest, all right. How do you feel when you misplace something that's not yours? Not so hot. That if it's something borrowed, you want to protect it. You, you know, somebody has entrusted this to you, and now you can't find it. You don't know where it's at, you don't know what to do, or you broke it. That's, that's kind of along the same lines, In this passage, we see this man was upset because he couldn't just go to Lowe's or go up to Home Depot and buy another axe head and replace it. This was a value. In this this day and time, there wasn't just a little hardware store to go replace it. And the iron, the axe head, was valuable. Again, you can go up to Lowe's and, you know, maybe 20 or 30 bucks, maybe even cheaper, and get another axe head. This was a whole lot more valuable in this day and time. Now, again, we see that Elijah and Elisha were, were men of God, that they had been trained to, to, to do what God had called them to do. And now they're training up other prophets, other leaders. And, and, and through the course of events, this guy loses his axe head, and he absolutely loses it. It's not just, hey, oh, man, I lost it. I mean, it clearly, oh, my Lord! You know, when the Bible puts that in there, you have to read it that way. You can't read it, oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. No, you've got to see the emphasis there. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. It was significant. What had just taken place? This wasn't like just misplacing your keys. 
This wasn't like misplacing you know, a, a document or something like that. This was something of significance and value. And it can be easy for us to, to lose or misplace things. We don't intend to do it. It's not something that we, we, we try to do. When I misplace my keys, I don't do, the, do it on purpose. My kids lose stuff. I, I will say lose, not misplace. They lose stuff all the time around my house. It's gotten better as they've gotten a little bit older, but my goodness, when, especially when they were younger, they were losing stuff all the time. Like, you just had it in your hands this week, as a matter of fact. I, my, I, I pick on Isaac. I'm sorry, but it just, it, it's just it, it's natural. I mean, he does it, so I've got to use it. This week, he's, Dad, I lost my phone. Really? You lost your phone. You just had it five minutes ago. No, I lost it. It's gone. It's gone forever. You know, not, kids aren't dramatic at all. I, we were in the house. We didn't leave. You, it has to be in the house. No, I think maybe I went up to the church and maybe it's there. We were here. Did you just have an out-of-body experience and go to the church? Well, we got to check the church. Like, it's not. It has to be in this house. No, it's lost. No, it's lost forever. No, it's not. It's just misplaced. But he is absolutely losing it because his phone's lost forever. And, you know, as a 10-year-old boy, that means, you know, my whole world is collapsing. Now I can't watch YouTube and I can't play Fortnite with my friends. Like, this is, this is what kids do now. This, this makes no sense to me at all. But, like, they play video games together, but then they, they FaceTime each other. So they can play and watch and play and watch each other at the same time. One day I came out, I'm like, the, the noise was just, I'm like, what are you doing? They're, all three of them were FaceTiming each other. And you know how sometimes when you put, like, a microphone and it echoes and everything? So this huge echo noise is going, I'm like, what is going on? We're FaceTiming each other playing a video game. No, stop. Enough. Don't you hear the, the, the noise? Yeah, it's fine, but we want to play with each other. Like, Stop. So him losing his phone was a big deal because he can't hang out with his friends and play video games as they watch each other play video games. It's a big deal. But there are times that we lose things that are a big deal. That there are times that we lose physical things, that you may lose a document that you're working on at work. And that's a big deal, that you spent time. Any of you students, you're working on a homework assignment, oh, and you forgot to hit save. And you close out the document and it's wiped out. That's lost. <laughs> Sometimes you can recreate it. Hopefully autosave is your friend. But there are times that we lose things. And getting them back can be difficult. Spiritually speaking, we can lose things. We can lose our spiritual edge with God. You know, there are times that, that we will experience highs with God, meaning we go on like a missions trip or, or we go to a revival service or uh, whatever it may be, whatever the context, and, and you get so much of God that it's just beaming from you, that it's this, this spiritual edge that we have with God, that we have this passion and this fire for God, but then we lose it. We, we lose it, and I've seen this, uh, you know, picking on our, our students that every summer they go to youth camp. And, and they have this, when they come back, this passion and this fire for God. And, and then after the, the week or two they get back from camp, it's kind of like they go back into the, the old ways of doing things. And, and they've lost that spiritual edge. They didn't do it on purpose. They didn't try to. It just happens. 
And there are times in our lives that we have this connection with God, this fire, this fervency with God, and yet it seems to wane. We, We lose that passion for God. We don't do it intentionally, but it happens because we take things for granted, I believe. I believe we take things for granted all the time. I, I was thinking about this the other night, praise God, that we didn't experience any damage from the tornadoes and, and pray for those recovering over in Lakeland that, that of all the places that tornado could have went, kind of that area that went and hit the least populated of the areas, a little bit east or west, and it would have hit a whole lot of people. And as I was thinking about that the other night, I'm like, man, just seeing the power lines snapped in half and all of that, thinking back to a couple summers ago when the hurricane came by and and knocked out the power. And when the power came back on, we were without power for a week. And when the power came back on and and I was able to take a nice hot shower, the lights on, I'm like, oh, this is glorious. I will never take you for granted again, electricity and hot water. (laughs) I take it for granted every day. Every morning I go in there, every time I can walk in and flip a light switch, I take the, the, the things that, that are all around me for granted. Why? Because it's not the priority any longer. That, that I don't have to take uh, the, the, the light for, because other things have taken precedent in my life. Other things, other, you know, the, the daily routine of life. And so I'm not thinking about that, but we take a lot of things for granted, and our, our spiritual edge, our passion for God can be one of those, that we can lose it because it's not a priority. Other things populate our lives, populate our mind. That, that's what we focus on. And when it comes to our passion with God, that, that we can lose it, and we don't even realize it. We focus on Him, and we spend time with Him, but we can take for granted that we have the Bible, I forget at one point in time there was a study done, the number of Americans that have Bibles in their home. And I believe it was, it was like every household has at least two Bibles in every home, you know, accounting for it. And there are some people that have five or ten Bibles in their home. But yet how many times are we actually opening up the Bible and reading it? We take it for granted. Well, I, have, I, I know I can read the Bible, and, but I've got other things that take priority. And we take for granted that God has given us his word. We take for granted the the, the closeness that we have with God from time to time. But in this story, in this passage, we see that when when this guy lost his axe head, he was upset. It caused him to realize, I've lost something and I need to get it back. This is borrowed. This This wasn't even mine. I've got to find it. I've got to get it back. What if we took that same idea, we had that same passion when it came to our relationship with God? God, I need to get it back. I, I, I need to get where I used to be with you. I want to have that same fire. I want the same passion. I want to have that spiritual edge. I lost it, and I didn't even realize I lost it. That that can happen many times, that, that you can go through your life, and, and you think you had something, and then you, you go into the garage or whatever it may be and go, where, I, how did I lose that? I, I, I've had it for years, and now it's just gone. We get sucked into the temptation of, of, of life and everything else, and we don't even realize what we've lost until we try to find it, until we try to, to use it, and it's gone. Sometimes we can often get depressed because of bad decisions that we make, and we feel there's no way back, and you get stuck in a cycle and feel like there's no way I can get that spiritual edge back. I've lost it. It's, it's too, I'm too far gone. And maybe you feel like God doesn't care because you've lost something or you've lost your desire to serve him and God doesn't care about me. God doesn't, isn't concerned about me and my life. He's got bigger fish to fry. 
That's just not the case. And I see the story here is that God cares about the little things in our lives. God cares about you and I. I believe the reason why this story is here is to show each and every one of us how much God cares about us. That the things that you may think are insignificant or trivial, they matter to God. This axe head was an insignificant thing. Yeah, it was of value, but still in the grand scheme of things of raising a boy back to life, making an axe head float, it was significant to that man. In that moment, I believe God cares about what's going on in our lives, that spiritually speaking, God cares what's going on. Even if we think it's trivial, even if we think it's insignificant, it's not to God. God knows how to help us find what we didn't mean to lose. This man did not mean to lose the axe head. You may not mean to lose your spiritual edge with God, and God knows how to help you get it back. I know my son didn't mean to to misplace his phone. He didn't do it on purpose. And the other times that my kids have lost things, and and this week, um, (laughs) this was a week of lost things around my house. Rebecca couldn't find her keys, and, and, and I just happened to be the one that was finding things. Because where were her, her keys were actually on our bed underneath a, 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 a shirt. Isaac's phone was on his bed underneath his blanket. How did it get there? I don't know, but that's where they are and that's where I found them. But I know they didn't do it on purpose. I know they didn't intentionally lose or misplace those things. Was Isaac careless? Absolutely. Put it under a sheet and he didn't go, he didn't go in. I'm like, just... Parents, you know, did you check your room? Yes, I checked it. Did you really check your room? Yes, I really checked it. Okay, let me go in there. Pulled up the blanket, drops the phone. Ah! He didn't do it on purpose. And spiritually speaking, we don't do it on purpose. We don't intentionally lose that spiritual edge with God. But we need to be honest that we lost it. We need to be honest that, that we, don't, we aren't where we used to be. Look at verse 6. The man of God asked him, where did it fall? That's that's a great question, right? Where did it fall? Isaac, where did you leave it? (laughs) I've asked my, I can just put that on a repeat. Where did you leave it? Where did you lose your passion? Where did you lose your spiritual edge? Where did you take the wrong turn? Where did things start going bad? Was it a relationship you shouldn't have been in? Was it stopping some spiritual disciplines that you used to? Spending time in God's word and praying or coming to church or giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, whatever it may be. Maybe it was a secret that you had that you didn't think was hurting anyone. Or maybe it was somebody that hurt you, even a brother or sister in Christ, and you let bitterness come in. And that's where you lost your spiritual edge. We need to be real with God and say, this is where I lost it. This is to retrace your steps. I don't know how I got here. Well, retrace your steps. Where did, where did the shift take place? God is clear that we need to go. Where did you lose it? Number two, God will help you take back what you lost. Oh, I love that. God will help you take back what you lost. He's not going to leave you on your own, just like with my son. I, yes, I wanted him to go do it, but I'm going to help him find it. I'm going to help him. I'm going to retrace his steps. I'm not going to leave him on his own. Verse 6 and 7. When, they show, when he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. 
It's important that we retrace our steps. Where did we lose something so we can find it? Just like I did with Isaac, retraced the steps, went back into his room, popped open the blanket. There it was on the bed, but I told him, you get the phone. That's, you do it. It's right there. Actually, this is what I did. I flipped up the blanket, put my hands like this. He was standing over there looking somewhere else. I just stood there, phone sitting on the bed. I looked at him, looked at the phone, looked at him, looked at the bed, looked at the phone. And then he looked at me and went, oh, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You do it. You lift it up. There it is. God will help us find what we lost, but we've got to take it. He was convinced it was lost, never to be found again. I've lost the axe head. It's gone. It's sunk forever. Isaac thought the phone was lost. It was gone forever, never to be found again. But God will help us get back what we've lost. He will help us get back that passion to retrace our steps, to to see where we went wrong, to see where we left it. See, God can send the water, but we've got to dig the ditches. God can multiply the oil, but we've got to supply the jars. Only God can make the axe head float, but we've got to reach out and lift it out. God will help you find the passion and fire to serve him, but you have to enter into it. You may be here today again and thinking, it's too late. I've lost it. It's too far gone. I'm insignificant to God. What I've lost doesn't matter. It matters. You matter to God. Your relationship matters to God. Everything, every part of your life, you haven't gone too far. You haven't done too much. Elijah told the man, lift it out. There's a part that we have to play your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't, for, can't do it. I can't do it for you. You have to lift it out. You have to be active. You have to be engaged to, to, to get that passion and that fire back for God. You have to be a part of the equation. God will show you where it's at, but you have to lift it out. Revelation 2, chapter 4 and 5 says, You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. Go back to where you were. Go back to your first love, your your passion and fire for serving God, the the, the urgency of of, of sharing the gospel, the the desire to spend time in his presence, the, the understanding that God has called me to do something. Go back to your first love. Go back to where you were. That's how you're going to find it. That's how you're going to lift it out. If you feel like you're dull spiritually and and you're not moving, you're not sensing God moving in your life before, maybe you need to get back to your first love. Getting back within the spiritual disciplines of of, of being in church, around the, the fellowship of the saints, spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer. You know, God is God is a gentleman. God will not impose his will. We have free will. Bible is very clear. We have free will. And, and prayer is the invitation for God to invade my life. Often we think, God, you should just do it. God, you should just, and he's, he's not going to do it. He's waiting for us to invite him into the situation. And when we spend time in prayer going on, we're trying to do it on our own. We say, God, no, I want you to help me. I want you to come beside me. And the prayer is that invitation that God is waiting on. Say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to reinvigorate me. I, I want to go back to my first love, but I need your help with me. I invite you into my life to get back to spiritual disciplines or maybe even taking a step of faith, getting outside of your comfort zone. 
Spend time spending with him and fasting, whether it's a day or three or five or 21 days fasting, whatever it is, committing a plan to God. God, restore what I lost. I want what, have the urgency of this man. I lost it. Please help me find it. Whatever it may be, it's important and significant to God. Job lost everything, but God restored it two times over. Naaman was near death, and he washed himself in the river, and God said he was made new again. God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. We see back in Deuteronomy, this is the message version. I love how it puts it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 3 through 5. God, your God, will restore everything you lost He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you scattered. No matter how far you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land of your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. The the promise there is if you turn away from God, no matter what, God will restore you if you turn back to him. God will restore you. I I love how the message, all the shattered pieces he will put back together. And many times we see the decisions that we made and we look at our lives or our families go, there is no way you can put Humpty Dumpty back together again. God says, you don't know what I can do. I can restore all of the broken pieces. You can't, but he can. God cares about what you lost. Your relationship with him, or maybe it's a relationship with someone else. You may not think that God cares, but he does. And I believe this story, this miracle shows that. You matter to God. And if you think otherwise, it's just a lie from the enemy. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, I would like to to close... As we, as we do often each week in allowing the Holy Spirit to minister and ask this question, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What's the Holy Spirit ministering to your heart right now? Elisha had done many miracles and this one seems so small, but yet it's so powerful. It just seems bizarre. It's odd. Why is it there? God, why did you include this? This could have just been a footnote. This didn't have to, it's there because it matters. And I believe it's going to speak, and it maybe has been speaking to some of you today. Jonathan Edwards wrote this in the 1700s. He said, not once concern of ours is small if we belong to him. To teach us this, the Lord of all made an axe head swim. Nothing is too small. No concern of yours is too small. For God to make an axe head swim, he cares about you today. You matter to him. You can get back what you lost. No matter how far you've gone, no matter what you think you've done to disqualify you, that's just simply not the case. Perhaps it's not gone at all, it's just where you left it. Maybe you need to backtrack a little bit today and go, God, yeah, you know what? I have made some some decisions that has impacted my life that you spiritually, you've lost some things. Your passion, your fire to serve him, the... The things that once used to move you, now they just, they barely are on a radar. Maybe you've just taken it all for granted. Say, God, I don't want to take it for granted. 
I don't want to go through the motions. Show me. Have the passion. Have the urgency to lift it up today. I believe and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is ministering here today. And that God cares about your axe head, whatever that may be. Whatever your need is, bring it to him. Tell him, invite him in. God, this is what it is. This is what I've, maybe it's a relationship. I've lost that closeness with with a family member, with, with a son or a daughter. God, restore that back to me. Maybe it's your relationship with God. God, restore that back. Or maybe it's just a touch that you need in your body or or whatever it may be. And you think, ah, it's just too small. It matters to God. Bring it to him. I believe that there are several people here today that may feel that way. That you believed the lie. That what you are going through doesn't matter to God. And that he doesn't care about you. He does. He cares for you and you matter to him. You matter so much that he sent his son to die on a cross. That's the love of God for you. He didn't do that just for me. He didn't do that just for your your husband or your wife. He did it for you. He cares for you. God, across this room, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would minister in this moment. Speak to every heart. Lord, I pray for those that are seeking what they lost, that you would help them find it, to lift it up. Maybe they've lost their spiritual edge. They once had it. They were passionate for you, that they were moved to to spread the gospel in so many different ways, through coworkers, through family, through friends, through serving, whatever, but now it's just, just kind of gone on the back burner. Help restore that back, God. Restore the the passion and the fire, the urgency to get back to you, to lift it up, to go back to, to where they, show them where, where they lost it. To get back to that place. God, I p- pray that you would restore those relationships. For those that, that have a need that may seem insignificant, to let them see that it's not that you care. You care about every need in our lives. And we invite you into everyone. Thank you, God, that you care about our needs. Thank you that you made an axe head float to show us that you care. I pray that as we go throughout our day and we go throughout our week, that we're reminded of that. That every time we see an axe, it's reminded that you care, that you matter, that we matter to you. God, I pray as we go today, that we get back what we lost, that you'll help us find what we lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, perhaps this week, maybe a good reminder would be to to go to Lowe's or go out to your shed or whatever and just get a little ax and just put it somewhere where where it'll be a reminder, God cares about me. I matter to God. And what I lost, He's going to help me find. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. 
Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.